We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. We waited long enough. It is time to get to the rankings for fantasy football 2023. Welcome back, all of you who tune out when golf starts and football ends. But hey, this is why we're here. It's why we cover two main sports on the Pat Mayo Experience. So if you've been away for a while, reminder to smash the like and sub to Mayo Media Network and turn on those notifications, okay? Free newsletter to subscribe to down in the description. And always go to runthesims.com. If you go to it in the preseason, it's completely free. You can build your own custom projections and rankings if you want my rankings hit the description or just type in pat mayo DraftKings network and boom you'll find them up there i'll have them updated with injuries and all that fun stuff like i've done every year for the past 13 years because chris meany i'm old (laughs) you and me both buddy oh you've been at it a long time longer than me we were doing this show in 2014 you and i it's been that long. Man, time flies. 2014. Good times. It was a great time. Great times together. Yeah, time. I mean, we're still talking about some of the same players in, in your rankings. I, I would assume, not even looking at your rankings, you're high on Travis Kelsey. Yeah. In your overall rankings. Yeah, not as bullish as no. I've been in years past. I've had him ranked, I think, as high as like fourth overall. Yes. 
And it's been a good bet yeah. for basically each of the past seven years or so. <laughs> yeah. Just having that positional value. Like, there's other guys. Like I think one year, Mark Andrews outscored him. But he was, Outlier he was still second. Yeah. So the positional value wasn't as great as it was in other years. But if you could just pencil in a guy to be essentially like wide receiver 10 or better and be tight end one six of seven years. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. And you know, I, I looked into Travis Kelsey, I remember last year, just comparing him to the all-time greats like Tony Gonzalez and and some other guys. And, I mean, he checks out that he's going to finish with probably the, the best stats ever of, of all time at tight end position. And last year, wondering who would be the wide receiver one in Kansas City, he's the wide receiver one in Kansas City. Tight end, wide receiver one, same thing this year. Yeah, if you missed content from last week up on the pod feed or on Mayo Media Network's YouTube channel, Jake Seeley was on, his top five bus, his top five boom players to look at. Those are two separate videos, one podcast. I had to separate it out to you know, bump up those numbers a little bit. But today we're talking about running backs, the running back tiers, the running back rankings. I got my list separated into like kind of tiers right now, but I want to run it by you mm-hmm. to figure all this out. So let's get to it. Christian McCaffrey, number one. Austin Eckler, number two. I have Tony Pollard at number three and Nick Chubb at number four. And I don't know how those tiers actually shake out because are you worried at all about Eckler, new offensive coordinator coming in? We saw Kellen Moore's, I don't know if it was a Mike McCarthy decision, a Kellen Moore decision, just or maybe it's a Dak Prescott thing that he doesn't really check down yeah. all that often. You see the Chargers, they bring in Quentin Johnson, more of a deep threat. Justin Herbert's already talking about throwing the ball downfield a little yeah. bit more. Does it affect Eckler? Because if he's not, let's say the target share goes from like, I don't know, 15% to 9%. Doesn't seem like that big adjustment, but it is. Yeah. Like that's one of the things on Run the Sims that you can go in and do. Like we can go to the Chargers right now and have, let's see here, Austin Eckler at a 16.4% market share. If we bump him down, he's at running back number two. If we just bump that down to nine, makes him running back 10. Yeah, and and that is a that's a big jump. I, I think it's hard to say he's going to have another season with a hundred plus catches, but he does lead the NFL among running backs and touchdowns over the last two years. Like he's always getting the carries inside the red zone. He's getting the targets inside the red zone. You feel like more will help this offense, so maybe it's a little bit more efficient. They score more points, so I'm not I'm not worried about him. He's right there on that same tier for me with McCaffrey. With McCaffrey, it's those. Is it be, alone for it, me? Okay, so it's just those two. Chances McCaffrey's worse in the system. Like more like a healthy Elijah Mitchell that'll last like two games yeah. coming into the year. We'll see who plays quarterback for the 49ers. Like, good point. Like, I don't know if that actually makes a difference. It's not like you're putting in, you're not going from Tom Brady to Dirty Purdy. You're right. going from like Sam Darnold or Brock Purdy. Like, yeah, as long <laughs> as it's those two, I think, it, it, like if it was Trey Lance and, you know, it's it's a huge if at this point point it's not trailing unless they both get hurt it's not trailing. exactly uh so if it was i i would be worried a little bit there but i guess the only thing i would say about cmc is is maybe the touches come down a little bit from his carolina days but again efficiency like last year they still like shanahan still gave some touches to elijah mitchell down the stretch of the season but it just seemed like CMC was a walking 100 total yards and a touchdown. I think he played 13 games with the Niners and had 14 touchdowns or vice versa, <laughs> one of the two. So it was basically a touchdown per game, and it's it's a good offense, and it's a it's a weak conference. I have no concerns about either of those two. Like th- Again, those guys are uh, – you're a little more bullish, I think, on Pollard, but I guess I'm just skeptical that they're going to enter the season with him just there. I still feel like 
they're going to bring in a veteran back in Dallas. So so that's the thing. I, I suppose we should probably let people know this is coming out on Tuesday. We're filming this on Thursday. So, I mean, Zeke could sign. Could. In the interim. But I'm doing it as I see yeah, as the of landscape right now. Right now. And if he's looking like, at the death chart, like, if, if there's one thing to point to with fantasy and running backs. I mean, people forget this all the time. Volume matters the most. It really doesn't, does. Talent doesn't mean shit. Well, <laughs> think about last year. Nobody really cared about Tyler Algier or Damian Pierce. In, in fact, the Falcons didn't care that he had a thousand yards and 200 carries because they drafted Bijan Robinson in the first round. So <laughs> they didn't care one bit about that. So volume is king. And it, the backfield is his at the moment. Uh, Malik Davis, they drafted Deuce Vaughn who his dad is the the scouting director in Dallas, so maybe they just did him a solid. Uh, he's fairly small, and I don't know if he profiles as a, as a back that could even get 10 carries a game if something happened to Pollard. So my, my one thing with Tony Pollard is it, there's only there was only a cup, one game, I think, where he's had 20-plus carries in his career. And sometimes we've seen before, it's a small sample, but I think of Chase Edmonds and Drake. I, I think of Lamar Miller. I think Lamar Miller's a good one, too. Like, some of these guys just needed... Like a full workload, it change it changes things. Like I again, when you can go back to, I, I think of Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I remember I always wanted Chase Edmonds to get more touches, get more touches. He deserved it. There was a couple games where Kenyon Drake wasn't around, and then he looked good. And then when there was a spell of an opportunity for him, he just wasn't that efficient. So I, I'm sure Pollard will be fine. He's very explosive. He can. He. he I wonder if he can pass protect, and he's not hasn't been that efficient as a goal line back. But ultimately, as looking at the depth chart, you're looking at a guy that's going to get 20 touches in a, in a really good offense. Yeah, so last year, let's see, in the playoffs, he had 18 against Tampa Bay. That wasn't a great game for him, but he still put up almost 100 yards between it. It was three catches for 12 yards, didn't really help out, still averaging five yards a carry. And then down the stretch, he was utilized a little bit less against Jacksonville. He had 23 touches, and you know, it was an all right game. But like his all right games right now, if we're talking even half point PPR, in that, he's getting four catches, 19 carries, 75 yards, 31 yards. Like, the baseline for him because of the volume mm-hmm. is going to be really good. And you have to remember, too, is it that he's not good in short yardage, or is it that Dallas was like, well, Zeke's really good in short yardage. And if Zeke comes back, that could be the problem again. Exactly, yeah. I, I feel like Zeke was, was good for his game, like kind of spell him a little bit and get those short yardage situations. Uh, unfortunately, he would steal some of those goal line attempts. I remember a game last year where Pollard had three straight attempts inside the five and didn't get in, and they decided to go for it on fourth or whatever. It was the game against the Texans, actually, <laughs> and they were down. It looked like they were going to lose to Houston, and then Zeke got in for them. You know, reports out of Dallas say they're not going to bring him back. I know he's been working with uh, Dak Prescott, hoping that maybe they'll bring him back. He's going to catch three or four passes a game on top of those carries. So if he's not super efficient, all those touches will pile up. But I, coming off the broken fibula, it doesn't seem – it seems like I'm more concerned than the Cowboys are because yeah. they haven't done anything to this point. Because initially when I did this, because I did the rankings two months ago and just kind of sat on them and looked at it, and I had Pollard, I think, at like 9 or 10 or something like that. And then every report that I've seen is like, oh, yeah, no no worries. No worries. It's sort of like Javante Williams. They're like, yeah, no worries. No worries. And, you know, Javante Williams, when we get there, I think he's been – probably the biggest steal so far in drafts. Like if you're early drafting, Javante Williams has been a ninth, 10th round pick. And now he wasn't placed in the pup list practicing. That guy's going to skyrocket up draft boards as he should. So tier two, Pollard and Chubb I have right there. And then it's Barkley, Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson, Joe Mixon, and Najee Harris. You could make a case for Stevenson, Brees Hall, Jacobs, Cam Akers, ETN, J.K. Dobbins, like I have them all on like the next tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're here to talk through some of these tiers yeah. and how those guys end up working out. So like volume is obviously what I'm going for. And we're talking about season-long fantasy football. Yes. 
when you start looking at ADPs on like DraftKings best ball, it's not going to be the same no. as you're drafting. Like, I mean, this is more of a discussion for the wide receiver show that we're going to do coming out in two days, by the way. So hopefully no one gets hurt in the interim. Joe Burrow, like, could be dead for all we know. Uh, At the t- like, we just go yeah. on. It's like, oh my God, Joe Burrow's carted off. Uh, he could be back in two days with a calves train. He, he could. could be out for the season. We uh, don't know. Yeah. I hope it's not the latter. Yeah, I hope it's not the latter either. That would not be great for the Bengals or uh, people who've invested pretty heavily in the Bengals so far. But like stacking in season long is a far more dicey proposition than it is in season, like than it is in best ball. Backs go earlier in redraft. 100%. As they they always will. Yeah, they always will. So Eckler's going at number six overall. So I'm using the NFC, uh, NFC, NFC, anyway, NFC. Yep. High stakes fantasy football drafts from the last week to look at ADPs. McCaffrey's going at three on average. Eckler's going at six. Then you got Bijan Robinson coming in at ten. That's too high for me. And he might be the number one player. Like I'm not. I'm conceding that point. But yeah. I feel like we've done this so many times with the rookie. I mean, he seems like he's better than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but yeah. we were drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round, Remember too. Trent Richardson? Remember Trent Richardson back in the day when that was a top pick and everybody was drafting him in fantasy in the first round? How'd he, that work out? I feel like he was okay his rookie year. He was. It was like the next right. year that he was really terrible. I love Bijan. Uh, people will label me as the hater on Bijan. I've already kind of labeled him a bust, and Jake and I are on the same page as you. I think he's fantastic. I think the system is great in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. He likes. He knows how to run the ball. It's an underrated offensive line. Just mentioned all year like he had a thousand yards on 200 carries Bijan is a true bell cow back with with way more upside than Tyler Algier and he can probably catch 50 passes as well but it's just they're everyone's drafting him to be the best running back in fantasy football that's what people are telling me if you're going to draft him eighth overall you're telling me that he is going to be arguably the best you're drafting at cost yeah, he has well, to be perfect. Where where is the upside with it? Like you're always trying RB1. to be one, and, and it's and it's tough. Like if you have the tenth overall pick and you're sitting there, or the ninth overall pick, and you want to get him, well, that's the only spot you could take him because he's it. gone. Yeah, and I just I just can't do that. I can't draft him over Nick Chubb. Why why are people drafting him over Nick Chubb? What do we make? Because I have Chubb at number four right now. I can be talked off of that one. Do we think he catches more passes or Absolutely, no? Absolutely, I do. He has he's, to. He's right? my RB three. And I looked a lot into to Nick Chubb and his rookie season and his last nine or seven or nine games, he averaged just over two catches per game in that rookie season. And then his sophomore season, he was on pace for 50 grabs. That was at the halfway point when they brought in Kareem Hunt. So he was catching. When people say he can't catch balls, it's false he can. And that sophomore season on pace for 50 grabs. Hunt just came in and stole all that work. Now Hunt is gone. So not only is that 40-plus targets that Hunt had last season, that's 120-ish carries, including 25 inside the red zone. How many times have we pulled our hair out thinking, why is Kareem Hunt on the field? <laughs> like, why isn't this Nick Chubb? Jerome Ford is not going to be involved in red zone packages. No chance. Chubb is going to get some work. I like Ford as a guy that's going to get some work as well, potentially on third down, but he's got like a couple touches in the NFL. This is This is – Full Nick Chubb season coming off a, a career high 1,500 rushing yards already. He's had 1,000 yards in four of his five years, never under five yards per carry. He's the best pure runner in the game behind a really good offense. I am bullish on Chubb, and I would much rather take him at eight than Bijan. So I, I, I don't know if I'd want to take him at eight. So I, I guess this is, I'm going to collapse this tier. So we'll have McCaffrey and Eckler on their one tier, the high upside pass catching backs, yeah. efficient red zone, everything that you kind of want. The overall volume isn't there like we saw, like you mentioned, like with McCaffrey three years ago, yeah. where it's like, oh my God, that's not happening anymore. Yeah. There's like no running back. Barkley is probably the only one that can do that. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is, what is the difference between Saquon and Bijan Robinson? Just outside of 
Saquon going 10 picks later? Nothing. <laughs> and Taylor, too. Nothing. Taylor, I can see. Because if Anthony Richardson is the starter, you can play this one of two ways. It can be completely beneficial to Jonathan Taylor because he opens up so many running lanes. We see this when you have mobile quarterbacks Mm -hmm. that you can't just stack the box. You have to have a spy on the outside or it's just going to be RPO the entire time and you're getting burned on the outside. Look how much it helped David Montgomery last year. Right. With Justin Fields, despite the fact they knew Justin Fields wasn't passing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It still worked. Yeah. Or... You get into the Bills' backfield situation where, oh, my God, Devin Singletary. got to draft Devin Singletary. got to draft Zach Moss. It's like, oh, you know who their red zone back is? Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. I could see that being the case where it's a lot of Jonathan Taylor, 19 almost Nick Chubb-esque. 19 carries, 91 yards, catches. one catch for three yards, no touchdown. It's a good point, and, and we definitely view him as a pass-catching running back because of the first couple of years that he had in the NFL. He's catching 40, 50 passes, but it is a, it is a new quarterback. It's not a check down Matt Ryan or Nick Foles or whoever the heck they've had over the past couple of years there, Phillip Rivers. This is the Bijan thing as well. So the just oh oh my god we we you know we have Ritter Ritter me Timbers, <laughs> Bijan's such a great pass catching back they're going to be checking down go look at Arthur Smith's involvement in the passing game two running backs yeah. like all Not of a sudden existent. he he leaves Tennessee all of a sudden Derrick Henry's catching a bunch of passes <laughs> I know I wanted to put Henry up with these other guys I have you, Henry up there why why are we out on Henry we, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be and again early drafting you're right best ball is different but high stakes as well you mentioned NFFC I think at the end of the second. I believe his ADP maybe 24. 24, exactly 24. We're talking about a guy who had the most touches, most attempts last year. Um, two years ago, it was on a half season. Last year. Two years ago, he got hurt. Oh, yeah, two years ago. Two years ago. That year, he was on pace for 400 carries. Yeah, we maybe that's we, why he got hurt. Yeah, maybe, maybe we don't need him to have 400 carries. Maybe we get like 275, but just have a tick up in those yeah. passing numbers. All of a sudden, we're good. Like, Tennessee's okay. They could win that division. They could be last in they, that division. Hawkins makes them more competitive. They do, but their defense isn't like their defense is okay. Yeah, it's just but the secondary. Tennessee just loves committing to running the ball. They and, love it. And Vrabel's a good coach. He gets the best out of all his guys. It's all cliche, you know, but it is true. I mean, Tennessee is never like they've went up against powerhouses. They beat Baltimore. They beat Buffalo. They beat KC. They beat all these teams before over the past couple of years. In but the regular season. In the regular. Well, they made season. that. I guess they, they made, made that one run, run against Baltimore. Yeah. I, but I think Tannehill only threw the ball nine times in that game. Smart. Yeah. Absolutely. Hand it off. But you're right about Henry. Two years in a row. That half season when he was on pace for those 400 rushing attempts, he also was getting roughly two and a half catches. Now it doesn't seem like a lot, but two and a half catches adding that up over a course of a season, now we're flirting with maybe 36, 40 catches. Or yeah, maybe even yeah, like as a 45, floor. 50. As a floor. Yeah. And and they used to just give him a screen or two every single game. I know because I was betting on the over 10 and a half receiving yards. I'm like, if they're going to give him one screen pass a game, he's probably going to take that for a first down. And, and why wouldn't you give the ball in his hands in space? So I think he's one of the better values where if you start your draft, whatever way you want to go, you want to go wide receiver first, you can get Henry in the second and then – maybe get another wide with your third pick. I, I think that would be my preference right now. With the, and listen, it might not work out because I do think that high-stakes drafters, best ball drafters are different than me and you getting together with 12 of our other like random buddies yeah. in drafting. They'll see the name Derrick Henry and be like, oh, shit, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Like, he'll be more valuable in casual leagues yes. than he will be more, more competitive leagues. But I actually think that's the right move. Yeah. Because if you want to start your draft, if you have the number one pick and he's going at pick number 24 in a 12-team league, that means... At pick 24, if you pick first, you can get Derrick Henry. Yes. You're risking it 
by doing that. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to take Jefferson or Cup number one, I mean, some people will say Jamar Chase, depending on this Burrow news. Sure. I I have Chase at three in all disclosure. I think that it's one and two, Jefferson and Cup, Cup, then the rest with Chase at number three. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to go Justin Jefferson, Derrick Henry is your start. That's a pretty good start. And when we get into the wide receivers, I mean, Chris Olave, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins maybe hanging around there as like your your wide receiver too if you wanted to go that route and go maybe like a quote-unquote hero RB, like one RB to kind of carry you and then get back into the running backs between rounds five to seven. That's that's my strategy. I, I really like picking in the near the first part. You, you, you have an advantage with Justin Jefferson, even Cooper Cup. I See, I, I think that it's a coin flip between them. Yeah, that Jefferson did, and we we don't know how much like Addison's going to be involved as KJ Osborne step up. How much does Hawkinson take away in that offense from him? I don't think it's going to be very much. We can mm-hmm. kind of project out what his floor is going to be every single week. Yeah, but at his best, Jefferson has higher upside than Cooper Cup. The difference with Cooper Cup is like he's basically a lock for like nine for one ten every week. Every week, <laughs> he really is. Like, you can't take him away. I think there's been one game in the last two years from Arizona that he was just taken away from the game. But he even averaged more fantasy points per game than Justin Jefferson last year, being and, and missing the Ra- half the year. And the Rams' defense is worse. They're going to have to pass more now. Coming off the injury, who the fuck knows with Stafford? Yeah. But if you just go under the assumption, I don't think it really matters who's passing no. to Cup. But if Stafford's act. Stafford could be 100% healthy, for all we know. Yeah, and they bolstered the offensive line through the draft. As long as Sean McVay's call in place, Cooper Cup's going to eat. Yeah, they, they have the Bel Air basketball <laughs> offense. They have the pass-to-will <laughs> offense. Past anyone else, you're getting benched like Carlton. <laughs> what a brutal attempt from three for Carlton. So at the back end of this, after Robinson, like if you wanted to put Robinson ahead of Chubb, I understand that. I think all of those guys are very close to each other. But I do have those concerns about how many passes he's going to catch in that offense. I just, I'm not as in on on Atlanta as everyone else is. Everyone, oh, breakout team. It's like, really? Yeah. No, their defense sucks. They might suck. They they want to run the ball 35 times. They're going to have to throw the ball sometimes. I mean, maybe that was a product of Mariota, but maybe Ritter starts to run a little bit more. Who knows? But... I don't know. It feels like they just want to play these like almost like old school Tennessee games yeah. where they just want to like squeeze out the clock as much as possible. And like Algiers, not like valuable fantasy wise, but he could but be. He's if something happens to Robinson, all of a sudden he's great. I know. And I wonder you draft a guy and you spend that kind of capital, you probably just right away give him 20 plus touches. But well, I wonder. Well, I wonder if the first couple of weeks it's like. 70-30. Yeah, and I'm not too concerned about what happens the first few weeks. I'm more concerned about what happens towards the end of the year. But, I mean, at least you can guarantee his health going into the year. You can't guarantee that. I mean, we can't guarantee that now. He might blow his knee in practice or something like that. But presumably, he's going to be fine in week one. Week nine? Who knows? Who knows? I know. But even when we talk about, like, Gibbs a little bit later on, like, I don't think he has the full workload. Man, this guy (laughs) is rising up draft boards. RB12, I seen him recently just jump ahead of Najee Harris. And if the Jets sign Cook or the Patriots sign Fournette or Jacobs holds out or people are worried about any of that stuff, then Gibbs may even jump those three guys. He's already going way too early. Way too early. Dave Montgomery is the value in that backfield. Of course. Is he going to play the Jamal Williams role? Is he going to get all the goal line touches? Well, Jamal Williams led the NFL in red zone touches or red zone carries and goal line touches and rushing touchdowns. And Montgomery is a better back than Jamal Williams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Gibbs thing just reminds me of, I mean, maybe he's a lot better than DeAndre Swift. And obviously there was some contention within the coaching staff with Swift. And maybe he just turns out to be better. We saw the upside that Swift could have in that offense. The problem was it was like every third week. Like that's not, it's great to win you a week. Yeah. But it's not great when it loses you two weeks. I know. Swift so many times I watched this team, like he did all the work, brought them all the way up the field. And then, you know, we'd see Jamal Williams come in. I think Gibbs is definitely going to be much better, a a better back than than Swift. He can carry the rock, which something I didn't believe that Swift could really do efficiently. How do you feel about Swift? It's a great offensive line. Swift on your team. I, he's an easy fade. <laughs> Philly's just going to rotate through all these guys. It's going to be Penny, man. Yeah, it's Penny's going to be, be Penny's going to be he gets hurt in week four. <laughs> but they may be able to keep these guys fresh if they go. Hey, you know, yeah, Boston, Penny seven carries, Bo- seven to ten. Boston Scott, we're playing against the Giants. You get twenty carries this game. <laughs> you score two touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell in, and you know Swift. He's probably got maybe more upside because he catches passes and Penny doesn't. But I think the to 
the most valuable piece in this backfield in Philly will be the guy that could get the first and second down looks and the goal line looks. And But there is no goal line looks. Line. Jalen Hurts just runs in touchdowns. 20 goal line <laughs> rushing attempts last year, number one. You're right. And Jalen Hurts hasn't shown me that he's willing to check down to a what, running why, back why, either. Why would he check down for four yards when he can run for 20? Exactly. So I don't think Swift is as RB 24, 25. I think he's an easy fade for me. I'm, I'm no chance. Mixon and Najee. Does well, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mixon, yeah, you're praying for him to be great. I am. Yeah, but you have that emotional investment. The I personal, am. you don't need your money yeah. on the line with that one. No. And, and listen, if he falls super low, then yeah. Then he sure. Then, then he's a good, yeah, then yeah, he's a good chance absolutely. to take. But when he actually costs you something, no. and that's the Bijan thing. Like, think about how much he is costing you. If we were to go like doing auction right now, $200 oh, budget, my. like McCaffrey's going to go for like 65, 70. Yeah. Bijan's going to go for like 63. He's going to be the first person I nominate in auction drafts. Go ahead. I love doing that. I love too. I was like, all right, I, I like this guy, but I, and that's the biggest tip, right? Don't nominate a player you want. Nominate a player that you know people are going to spend oh, and oh, let them spend their cash early. The first two, you can do that. But I always find uh, this tip that I give every year in auctions the first player nominated will always be a value, regardless of who the because player nobody is. Wants to spend. Because no one wants to blow their budget on the very first guy. Yeah. I've seen that more times than not. Yeah, because right. like if if you put up McCaffrey first, McCaffrey might go for like sixty one, but then like and then Eckler will go for seventy one, <laughs> like three picks later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few minutes later, you're like wow, CMC is an absolute steal at the moment, yeah. right? I mean, Bijan Robinson went in for eighty four dollars, and CMC went for sixty six. Yeah, and that's why tiers are important when you're doing yeah, this, yeah, especially absolutely. especially in auction, but it even works in snake drafting as well. Because, like, if you have, if, like, you agree with me, maybe you don't agree with me and your tiers are a little bit bigger, that McCaffrey and Eckler are the two best and they're separate from, like, the next seven guys. Well, spending a lot on one of those two guys makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Because the other guys are inherently going to go for just as much because people will look at their tiers. And when you check off Pollard and Chubb and Barkley, Henry and Jonathan Taylor and B. John Robinson, then you got... Najee Harris and Joe Mixon sitting there. And they're going to go as much as the guys who went before. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I love a stars and scrubs approach. I always have. I like to just kind of... I think the first couple times I did an auction, I was maybe a little hesitant to spend my money like that. But and then, people are, because people don't want to run out of money. They want to run out of cash. But here's the thing. Leave it. It's the worst. You can't take it home. Oh, it sucks. So and, the, but the, and, and then you end up doing really stupid things yeah. because you have so much money left that it's like, oh yeah, I spent $19 on Jacoby Myers because I'm the only person with money left. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's like, not I, what you want. I, I could have got him for three and spent that extra 16 on someone yeah. good. Be aggressive. Get a few studs. Let them be the foundation of your squad and then fill in the gaps. Yeah. Like, don't spend it. I mean, you can spend money at quarterback, but don't spend too much. You don't need to. You don't need to. No. So, Mixon is sitting there. And obviously, we don't know the full Burrow news. So, let's work under the assumption that Burrow's fine. hope he's fine week one. And even if he's not, maybe that's more work for Joe Mixon. They brought Mixon back. He's going to play. Yeah. Yet, he's currently going as running back 15. It is the past week yeah. of ADP, pick number 46. Yeah, it's a pretty good value. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good value of a guy who's going to catch 50 passes. Like, he's underrated in the passing game. I think well, he even had 60 caps. I think he even flirted with 60 catches. And he wasn't super efficient last year. And I think that's the biggest thing. People just don't... They know the offensive line still stinks, even though it's made improvements over the past couple of years. And he wasn't efficient at all, you know, especially in the first half of the game. And then he had a four-touchdown game, and... It was kind of inflated that way. But he's a back on a good offense. That's that, going to score a point. That's going to be in, on the field. He When you do your snap counts, I would imagine he's probably top five every week. Like, I can't see a situation where he won't 
be over 65, 70% of the snaps. Yeah, he'll be up there every week. And then, no I mean, Samaj anymore. That, that, that's sort of the reason for Pollard being as high as he is, too. Like, as it currently stands, like, if we're talking about the 80%, let's call it the 75% club, who are going to play 75% of their team's offensive snaps. McCaffrey might not, weirdly enough, but yeah. he'll be 70 plus, which is good enough for yeah. him. Yeah. He's on the field, he touches the ball and catches so many passes. Eckler, probably around that number, yeah. too. Like, they're close enough to the number. Then you have your pure volume guys. I would say that Chubb and Pollard and Barkley are yeah. most definitely in there. Definitely. Henry's going to be in there. Yeah. I would guess Bijan is going yeah. to be there, but if he wasn't, if he was like 65-35, I mean, that's a hit to his overall production. <sighs> if, Unless that, he's scoring 80-yard touchdowns every week. People who love Bijan at pick eight do not want to hear that number. No, they, no. they want him to be in the 70s with these other Se- guys, and seven. I think he will be. Jonathan Taylor probably is. Yes. Mixon probably is. Yes. Harris probably is, but that's why they're all on that tier, because the, the only other one I could make a realistic case for, I guess, even if the Patriots don't bring in anyone else, Ramondre's not playing 85% of the snaps. This no, is not happening. He's not. P- Pierre Strong will play like I know, 30%. Which is a big bummer. I was looking at some some numbers with Ramondre Stevenson because I really like him. I was just looking at his rush percentage and some of his snap counts, and they were fairly low, and I thought, yeah, maybe as of right now, there's an opportunity, like Tony Pollard, but they they brought in Lenny Fournette. They they brought in some other veteran. Was, was back, he I is he officially signed as of right now? No, but, but they just brought him in to work out. So it just makes me think like there's some reports out of New England that they want to ease the workload, and that's that those reports kind of seem true if they're bringing in a guy like Leonard Fournette. Like, what do they need to bring in? They know that veteran. veteran he's a veteran presence. back, but they know like what he can bring to the table and. I don't think he's going to be – if he was in New England, I don't think he would be efficient at all to, like, overtake Ramondre, but he could get goal line work. He's proven that he's a great pass catcher, so that would get in the way. But Ramondre, top five in targets and catches, he's a really good running back on a bad team. If it wasn't Ugh. the if it wasn't the Hope Patriots, you'd feel so I much know, better. I you would. Them. You really would. <laughs> but Pierre Strong, they, they, they tried with Robinson, right? They signed Jason they, James Robinson, so they wanted to have somebody there behind him like they did with Damian Harris. So as of right now, maybe a little bit of a risky pick if you're thinking he's going to be true about Cal back, because I do believe that they'll bring somebody in. I, I think they will too. And even if they don't, they'll just use the Remember that like German guy that they had? He just, <laughs> just used a huge, big body. Yeah, he was like their full body. Like, yeah, let's give him five carries. Yeah, Why not? Inside the five too. Like they, they, they just want to prove that they're smarter than everyone else. But maybe if they do commit to him, he could, be a, like, he could be a top five guy. Oh yeah. If everything breaks right for him, he yes. could be a top three guy. Absolutely. He could basically be Austin Eckler. Absolutely agree with that. I think he could be, and it's hard to label somebody a league winner who's going to go in the first couple of rounds. He's, he's pick number the 32. Third round. Yeah. He's a guy that could, yeah, if you're, if you're trying to think of, five running backs outside of like the top studs, like not including Taylor or Chubb or um, Saquon. Like he's one of those guys that could be a potential like bull take. He could be an RB one overall. And that would not surprise me one bit. Are you buying into the Najee Harris, Najee Harris uh, Renaissance here? I I like Najee. Uh, You know, Jalen Warren's getting a lot of love. He, uh, as a guy that maybe can step in and, and steal some touches and catch some passes, but I, I like Najee overall as a player. And T proved to me at the end of the season that it was injury related. Yeah. Cause right now, like in our projections, we have Najee as the lead with Warren still getting like 14 or 34% of the carries, Najee 45%, Kenny Pickett with 14%. Yeah. He likes Although every time he runs, he gets a fucking concussion. <laughs> So maybe tone that one down a little bit. <laughs> but if we can get Harris up a little bit more, like he is a pure volume he guy. Is. Like he doesn't, he's going to plot. He's 
good around the goal line. He has good great, hands. Great. It all depends on how much Warren actually... That's why he's at the bottom of this tier. Because I do fear a little bit. Although the Steelers have never shown no, that they want to use two backs, ever. So yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking that. You're spot on. I'm just saying... So, Everyone kind of thinks that, so now I'm looking at it like, well, maybe they're right, and I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I was really in the the camp of Najee getting, like, with these other guys, like, 70%, but I think it's more, it's it's not Najee and his skill set. I think it's more Warren. Like, Warren showing up to camp, he's impressing, and he's good with the ball in his hands. But you're right, Tomlin has, has always just kind of rode a guy, but Najee's a decent target. I, I like to kind of go wide receiver heavy in the first few rounds, so I don't have a lot of shares of him. But in the fourth, he was going in the fourth pad a couple weeks ago, and I think that's pretty good value if you can get him in the fourth. So Warren's going at pick number 146. And I don't think that he's going to be a player that like you're ever going to use. No, he may, but Najee's going as running back number nine, pick number 30. I'd rather just take Warren in the 13th round and like hope Harris gets hurt. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then you have yourself. Then you, ha- then you have yourself. The Tomlin effect of the bell cow running yeah. back next man up, D'Angelo Williams of the world, and Bell went down, all those guys. Even when Bell sat out yeah. and we used D'Angelo Williams for those like top five back, four games. He? he was a top five back. He yeah. was great. He was great. Just, you you, get, a, you yeah. get all the volume. Yeah. Here you go. And, and one thing with, with Najee, too, before we move on, it was the a, a lot of catches that first year with Big Ben, of course, he was checking down. But he still, you know, there was a massive drop-off, but it was still a healthy number. I still believe he was 40-plus catches and and having the list frank injury and very limited and not efficient at all to start the season but that's another thing where when they moved on from trubisky the offense just flowed a little bit better with Najee too yeah it's true and he got it seemed like the he put the foot problem behind him yeah. midway through the season after their bye week like would you rather draft Najee or Ramondre Ramondre I think I would too I, I feel like I'm getting sucked into some weird like Najee Harris stuff would you rather draft Brees Hall or Najee Harris Brees Hall but I am concerned is Tim Tim is not concerned. He's not. Eh? Although it was funny when my when Delvin Cook was looking to be traded, the Dolphins were the big team that was <laughs> okay, like going to yeah. be on. And yeah. Tim went on this rant to us about how Delvin Cook is washed. He's no uh, good. Now he's what good. a liability! And now it's like we need Delvin. Cook. Oh my god! Now that he's classic Tim. Any interest Come in the on, Jets? Tim. All in. Come on, buddy. Dalvin Cook's still a beast. He's another guy, too. And is he, though? Like, is he kind of still No, I, I still think he's got a... <laughs> I still think he's got another good season. And I would personally like to see him in Miami if I'm picking between the two teams. I, I, see, I don't want to see him in Miami. I think Miami's fine at running back. Like, they don't I think need, they're fine, like, too. They're going to rotate. Yeah. You don't want any of them. It's the Shanahan-McDaniel offense from years... They've been together for years, right? Atlanta, Houston, and San Fran rotate through Mostert and Wilson and Devon A-Chain is the speedy guy they just took. I think they're still gasking on the squad. Miles, is he still hanging around? S- Salvin, uh, Salvan Ahmed is still uh, on the uh, team. Yeah, he, he. I think he is. Yeah, he is. Right. Yeah, I, I saw some... There's, there's people out here who love Salvin. <laughs> I, I drafted... Uh, Brees Hall on, on Sirius with Howard Bender, and that was the first call. They, they, they ripped apart my team. They said, oh, I was uh, Fabiano. He's like, yeah, any, I, I, are you concerned about Brees Hall? I'm like, no. I drafted him. I'm not concerned. He's like, so you're not concerned about the Cook rumors? I'm like, ah, they're just rumors. They don't need Dalvin Cook. I, it's just if they actually bring him in, then they're, not, then they're worried about Brees Hall. That, that's the way I'm viewing it. As, longer, as long as this goes on, and Brees Hall can stay, get on the field, then maybe they're not worried about Brees Hall, and he'll just give him a go. Okay, so you still you like him over Harris. What about like Brees Hall versus Josh Jacobs, who may or may not be playing? He's going to play. But yeah, I like Jacobs. Like there. the worst, I think worst case scenario with his holdout, one game. That's it. One and game. He'd be stupid to do it. Yeah, I, I, I get he's ticked off. They played him the Hall of Fame game. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. McDaniel's all like, I, I understand all of it, but what benefit is he going to have to to sit out? Yeah. He's just he just led the NFL in rushing yards and he didn't get paid. What's 
How's that going to work out if he just takes a seat for the whole year? It's not going to work out well. So would you rather have Jacobs? I would rather have Jacobs. Would you rather have Jacobs or Najee? I would have Jacobs. All right. Underrated so. in the passing game, too. 40-plus grabs, back-to-back years. And it's funny because that's something that we always kind of dinged him for, but yeah, it just turned didn't out that catch. We, always we, said it was game script dependent. When they were down in games, didn't catch. Now they're going to be one of the worst teams in football. He's going to catch. He's going to yeah. field grabbing balls. You, know, you just wait for the uh, Zamir White people to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this this is the time. I see like, him getting drafted and right. late in certain drafts. Uh, going late, Take I understand shot. it. Take a are, shot at Are him. we even sure? He's any good? I mean, I'm not even concerned about that. Whether he's good or not is irrelevant. Yeah. If Jacobs gets hurt, are we sure it's Zamir White who's going no. to be? It could be Amir Abdullah. And if it's McDaniel from the Patriot ways, it'll just be Amir Abdullah. Be a bunch of different dudes. Yeah, we've we've seen this story before. So that that's all kind of the tier. So I bumped Ramondre, and so I end up going Pollard, Chubb, Barkley, Henry, Taylor, Bijan, Mixon as tier two. Mm-hmm. Tier three: Ramondre, Jacobs, Brees, Hall. Najee, then I have Cam Akers, or maybe that's a tier by itself. Those four guys: Ramondre, Jacobs, Hall, and Harris. Yeah, I'd say those guys are a little bit closer to tier two than Cam Akers. And then you have, then I have, I mean, maybe I have Cam Akers too high. No, I, I like them. A- I have Akers, Etn, Dobbins, and Aaron Jones. And you could talk me into Madison in that tier. You could talk me into the Jameer Gibbs talk show into there. <laughs> and then the other names around that area, like Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker, James Conner, Rashad White. I think those guys are probably on a tier by themselves as well. So maybe the tier should be tier four, Akers, ETN, Dobbins, Aaron Jones, Madison, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I like that. I like putting Madison in there, and even Gibbs. I know we were hard on him. He's he's going to get a lot of touches and good yeah, offensive like he, line, good offense. Like If it's me and I'm doing it, so where's Gibbs going right now? I just can't take him as, at underdog. He's RB12. I just can't take him at RB12. He's, RB, he's RB12 in high stakes I, I as well. I just won't have a lot of shares of him if I have to take him in the third round. Uh, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the I just, maybe early fourth round, late third round is where he's going in 12-team leagues. Yeah, I'd be uh, fine with that. If look, it was a fourth-round pick, I'd be fine with it. I think he's going to catch 40 balls, probably live in the 700-yard range on the ground. Let's take a look at the uh, the Run the Sims projections here. See yeah, where he, give he, he proje- a sneak peek. What do we got? He, he projects out. I mean, you can go find these all for free at runthesims.com as I like well. Free. I hear you spouting off a lot of these stats. Is is the FTN data product, like, just <laughs> feeding you information? I've just been doing these random drafts all day, every day on Mean Streets, and, yeah, diving into the FTN data for sure. And uh, tell people about the Syria show on Saturdays now. My old time slot. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Saturday morning, Jake Seeley, Lauren Carpenter. 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Jake gave it to me at the start of the show about being Canadian. These guys were all over me being Canadian. It's like, it's like, come on, settle down here. What's going on? Yeah, like, you so, have internet in Canada? This and that. So, sorry, sorry, Jake, who has terrible lighting in Virginia Beach. <laughs> Made up time zone, meaning what's going on? Like all this nonsense. So it's been a lot of fun, though. We, we had uh, we had a couple guests who are taking some calls and things like that. It's been a good go. Uh, so Gibbs good projects start. as running back 16. For the year and half point PPR that would leave him at 198 fantasy points. That's behind <laughs> projections. Love James Cook. Apparently, wow. I don't buy that because I don't buy that he's going to score any touchdowns. But like him as a back, it, but, it, just can't but trust like it. Gibbs projects behind ETN, for example, and just ahead of Javante Williams. I think ETN should be ahead of him. Uh, I, I do have some concerns. We can talk about ETN. I mean, he's a part of this tier. Yeah, Urban Meyer, clueless. Clearly, no, right? clueless draft him the first round maybe peterson's not not married to him has a history of utilizing and using a bunch of different backs the year that they won the super bowl right ajayi laguerre blonde Corey clement all those years right miles sanders not getting touched in the red zone we've we've been down this ryan matthews been down that road like all the time 
But Travis Etienne, I feel I, I kind of view him as like a, a CMC, not the same type of upside as a guy that maybe is only touching the ball 15 times. Maybe they use some Tank Bigsby, you know, in some first and second down opportunities. Great, great name. Great. Tank. When you got a name like Tank. It's true. You got to use him near the goal line. You got to get him in short yardage situations. Cl- Clayton Bigsby's son. Yes. Um, and he's a, he's a really interesting back to get late in drafts because he may, like I said, get some goal line work. Because ETN didn't – he struggled uh, – you know, getting 20-plus carries. He had the injury. He got some carries, short yardage carries, and red zone carries taken away from Jermichael Hasty. <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence was starting to, to run a little bit inside the five, which is great for his upside. So they go out and draft a running back. They also go out and sign a Dearness Johnson. So they, they brought in a couple different backs here. Okay, Dearness Johnson's still alive? He's still alive. Good for I him. I don't know if he's going to touch the field this year, but he's alive. But my biggest thing, Pat, is like, I don't think they'll see a lot of stack boxes against this high-powered offense where I he can agree. be super efficient. The The crazy thing is, is that we talked about the past two years with ETN. It's like his utilization in the passing game is such an edge for him. Turns out they don't throw to him ever. <laughs> no, not he, really. The maximum amount of receptions he had in a game last season, three. Three. And three. I'm a sucker because I was taking over two and a half plus money almost every week. Come on, this is the week three grabs. He can catch just fine. What the heck? They just they want Lawrence thrown downfield. Yeah. And now with Calvin Ridley there, I assume they're going to want to throw downfield even more. Zay Jones, Kirk. Jake Ingram. was giving me the business. So last week we did booms a bus with Jake. He had he had Calvin Ridley as a as a bus. Man, him and Ratcliffe. I don't know what's going on. They both ate him. I I just wrote something yesterday on FTN Fantasy about guys that um, I feel like people are too low on or. Or vice versa and it's just like looking at the rankings in AEP and I'm seeing people have Kirk ahead of Ridley that or crazy or Ridley at 10 and Kirk at 40 like these guys should be a lot closer than that see I don't think so I think they should be like I, I think Ridley's maybe wide receiver 15 and Kirk's 27 sure I okay I can understand one's that a two, one's a th- but one my, three. my argument with Jake was that if one of these guys is going to be a top five receiver there's it's, one there's one choice it's, it's not Ridley. Christian Kirk no we just saw the career season from Christian Kirk he's a really good wide receiver he had a great season but now you're adding you're not taking anybody away Marvin Jones had 80 targets who cares about him yeah, he's going back you're, to Detroit you're adding <laughs> Calvin Ridley it's been some time, but he's two years removed from like a 1,400-yard season and 90 catches. He's a stud. What do you do with Aaron Jones? I don't touch him. I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> I, people talk about how he's a great value. He's a good pass-catching back, he's but pick, look he, at his rushing touchdowns over he, the last he's two pick years. pick 50. His, I guess that's a decent – is that decent value? I don't know. Like, I actually I, – I don't know how to He's in a range that. that I don't care about. Like he's in, he's in kind the of zone. almost almost in that dead zone. It, it, again, for me, I like to do a, maybe a hero RB, get myself a top twelve running back, and hammer home some wide receivers, maybe a tight end or a quarterback, and then I'll get back in after Jones. But Jones, two years in a row where he's basically had all of his goal line work and red zone rushing attempts taken away from him from AJ Dillon. Why wouldn't you give the ball to Dillon if you're inside the five? And what's the rapport going to be like? It's been fantastic with Rodgers. Put blindfold on Aaron Rodgers; he can throw the ball to Aaron Jones. Is that going to be the same with Jordan Love? And how good is this offense going to be without Aaron Rodgers and it's Jordan? Very young, which maybe, is different. Yeah, maybe it's just different. Maybe it's just as good. Who knows? Maybe Watson year two, Reed year one, uh, Romeo Dibs year two. It's uh, it's a fairly they got two rookie tight ends. It's gonna it, this offense may surprise some people, but it could also struggle. I think that people are still glomming on to the Aaron Jones massive like touchdown outlier season, where yeah. even if you look at his game to game. 
He had, I think he had a four-touchdown game, a three-touchdown game, and like a three-touchdown game. 14, 15 rushing touchdowns yeah. on top of the work through the air. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, my God, this guy scores all the time. And then you go look at it, it's like, well, it's kind of like the Elvin Kamara effect. I think he has seven or eight rushing touchdowns in the last two years. I'm pretty sure he's lived in the three or four range over the past couple of seasons. That's, I'm not interested in taking a running back inside the top 50. That's going to be in a, in a committee with an inexperienced quarterback with young weapons around him and is not guaranteed goal line work. So, yeah, so he's pass. An easy pass for me. So, should I have him above Madison or Gibbs? Probably I not. Right? I think he's fine in that tier. Well, is he like, would you rather have Javante Williams or would you rather? Have- I would rather have Javante Williams. So, I think he's on the tier down. Maybe Javante moves a tier up now that we're. It's and, not that we're not concerned about his health, but it's looking better. It's looking better. He wasn't placed in the pup list. He's cleared for contact as of today, recording. Uh, he was a first-round pick last year. Everyone was drafting him as a first-round pick. Nobody, nobody's really worrying about it at the time. Like Melvin Gordon, I guess, was was he still in the squad? I don't even know. Melvin Gordon, that two years ago in Javante Williams' rookie season, had a really good season. But Javante did overtake that backfield towards the end of the season. I don't believe Melvin Gordon was on the, season, on the team to start last year. Javante had one or two games with Russell Wilson. I think one of them he caught 10 or 12 Yeah, he was, but now they have P. Ryan. So <laughs> now they have P. Ryan. It's a little bit different. But Sean Payton has done a good thing. He's, he's good for this offense. Did you hear his quote? Where he's uh, ripping Nathaniel the, Hackett? My good. Didn't, he's one of us. Didn't we all think that? So, okay, Dobbins, just quick. Like Acres, ETN, Dobbins. I think it's good tier. It's good tier. It's like ETN, right? Yeah. Not a ton of touches, not a ton of catches. Remember when he came efficient. back for that one game and he scored the two touchdowns? You're yeah. Like, hey, he's back. And he's, he's like back. terrible the rest of the year. His rookie season down the stretch, he was a touchdown per game guy. He's, he's very efficient. Madison. Not very efficient. Feels like wishful thinking that it this does. is going to turn out well. I know. But, but volume. volume. Yeah. Jinx, jinx, jinx. That's it. Six games. We get the splits tools. I know you got a lot of tools too. It's it's a small sample size. It's over a course of I think three years. But there's been like six games where Cook hasn't played and Madison has just had twenty plus opportunities. Yeah, but I feel like half those games he was absolute dog shit. He was right. <laughs> it's kind of like Chase Edmonds. But we talk with Chase Edmonds. Oh, he's getting all the work because Kenyon Drake's not around. He had twenty two carries for sixty one yards yeah. and one catch for twelve yards. But he is going to get a lot of work. Is he going to get the pass-catching work? Because the Vikings are missing some guys on the offensive line. Their secondary is still trash. You know, if he can pick up four catches a game, then it's a different story. And he can. So he can do that, but I wonder if they go, like, I have Ty Chandler last year. They drafted as a pass-catching back, and then they drafted Dwayne McBride, who's also a pass-catching back. So maybe that's part of their thinking, like, yeah, we'll save this money and cut Delvin Cook and hand over. Because they did extend Madison in the offseason. He was also a free agent. But they also drafted back to back years like pass catching back. So I don't know. He's, he's going. Gonna he's going as running back twenty two, pick number sixty six. I think that's okay. That that's. I mean, I like that better than the Aaron Jones pick Me number too. fifty. Me too. Like a round later, more guaranteed volume, at least perceived guaranteed volume. With that upside, that if he is a three down back, all of a sudden you're potentially looking at a top ten guy. Yep. It'll be hard for Aaron Jones to be a top 10 running back outside of an outlier touchdown season. Right. Where Madison might not need that. He just needs the volume, which is there. It's there. The, the path is there. It's just like Cam Akers. The path is there. I like Akers. For him. He just, and talk about a guy who turned his fortunes around. I don't know what the heck went on with him and Sean McVay last year. Doghouse away from the team. He, According to reports, Akers felt like he should have got more touches. And it looked he looked like a guy that... Needed more touches towards the end of the season. He had three straight 100-yard games to wrap it up. They didn't do anything. They didn't bring in a veteran back. They drafted a guy in, like, the sixth, seventh round. Again, they bolstered the offensive line. They, all they did in the offseason was shed 
salary cap. Yeah. Um, and I think that he's a sneaky option through the air too. Yeah. It's I think like, he's a guy that could get 35 grabs. Uh, he could get more than that. He could be one of those guys that ends up every single game, like four catches for eight yards. And it's like, well, that sucks in real life. <laughs> Great for fantasy. Great for yeah, PPR <laughs> leagues. Cause who's going to be the number two? It, we Kieran, already. I, I did. I went down the Kieran Williams experiment last year. Not, not a success. Good. Wait, what happened? To, where did Daryl Henderson end up? Uh, he's nowhere. Nowhere. He's yeah. just a free agent. Yeah, hanging uh, on my bench in a dynasty league. Zach Evans seems to be the one. Like, if you had to take a shot, it yeah. would be him. But let's let's be real here. Like, Cup is basically the only Higby as well. I think Higby some odd catches from Higby. Yeah, like if you could get Higby at a decent value, I think that's and fine. You can. And then just, like, Akers is a lot like Madison in a way where the path is there for him to have 20 touches a game. Yeah, he may not be super efficient. He's explosive. He's had some really nice runs. I mean, he's an outlier, really. Him and Deontay Foreman is a guy that come back off these Achilles injuries. And what I was saying with the number two, like, who's the number two after Cup goes down? We already played this game. Like, no one. Nobody. It's not (laughs) 2-2 out. Well, it's not Van Jefferson's chronic. They drafted this Puka Nakua guy who... Could be okay, I guess, but he's just a rook, and they drafted him late. Higby is the the seventy plus catch guy after, but you know it's you got to keep all that in the back of your mind. Like Cam Akers actually could be the third target in this offense, the third option through it the year. Could air. be. It's it just it's all about him being on the field on third downs. Like if we concede that the offensive line may be a little bit better, that's that's nice and everything Touch. like that. But the defense is going to be significantly worse, Absolutely. which means they're going to pass like. 60 65 percent of the time they really will so volume through the passing game is Mm -hmm. going to be there if he monopolizes the ground game and the goal line work you can talk yourself into it which i what i'm doing right now almost like you can with alexander madison i just think the cam Akers is better me too alexander madison and he makes for a good i think in my in my opinion he makes a good rb2 for yeah. a guy that you can get in the fifth round. Like, if you want to go Solid wide receiver heavy or tight end early and Derrick Henry stays where he is, you take Derrick Henry, either at last pick of round two, first pick of round three, pair him up with Cam Akers at pick number 65. Love it. That's not bad. I'm, then you have Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Or I've been doing a lot of Olave. that. that that has been a, a lot of my drafting so far this year. That will be my strategy. Cooper, um, Cam Akers there after that. Rashad White's hanging around, and Javante okay. Williams is hanging around. Both so, of those guys. So I have Javante at the bottom this year. Akers, ETN, Dobbins, Madison, Gibbs, Javante Williams. Before we get into Aaron Jones, Rashad White, James Conner, Kenneth Walker. I talked about this with Jake, and I actually agreed with him. He had uh, Rashad White as one of his busts, like where he's going. And one of his booms was Khalil Herbert, for example. I don't see any difference between the two of them. Like, are we sure White's the guaranteed lead back in this terrible offense? Yeah, we're sure. For sure? 100%. 100%. 100%. I'd say 99%. And then what would, you, what would you say about Herbert, then? 50%. Really? You think Foreman's going to take away carries? They also drafted Roshan Johnson, and they have a... We see a lot of guys get drafted every he, year. And we he, try to he's talk a guy that's actually not bad. Like, he played behind Bijan, so he doesn't have these numbers and get the touches. I think he's a, I think he's a potential league winner. Roshan is a guy that goes after those two that you can get around RB55, where it's maybe one of those things, like, speaking of Cam Akers and Javante Williams, remember their rookie seasons? If you were patient enough with those guys, they eventually overtook the backfield, it's all about patience, and, and maybe that won't play out. I like Kula Herbert. I think he he deserves to be the lead right away. But there's three running backs on that squad, and, 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 and you have Fields. So, so that that's really the big I'm not thing. Really, here. In but any of the thing guys. with White is they bring in Chase Edmonds, who or a guy Chase Edmonds. Yeah. He's going to get his ten touches. I don't think so. Yes, he. Why bring him in? It's just like a depth piece. You can sure. have somebody there. But you mentioned like drafting Johnson on the Bears. Yeah. They also bring in Sean Tucker, who was supposedly injured. Why he kind of fell. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's fine. 
cleared for cleared for contact. Yeah. So why is that not being held against? And they Rashad still White? have Keyshawn Vaughn yeah, there. He's, he's useless. <laughs> I saw a report the other day. Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, oh my god, they have Ronnie. I, this can't be the same Ronnie Brown. I thought you were going to say Hillman. Like no, Ron, old, Ronnie Ronnie Hillman. Oh my god. It, no. The one thing I like about Rashad no, White that is... that can't be him. Yeah, he's, a, he's 41 years old. It's a different yeah, Ronnie Brown. It's different... It was like, Jesus, Ronnie Brown. What a throwback. Not super efficient running the ball last year. It's not going to be a great offense, but you and I chatted before. Maybe it's maybe it could be an okay offense. I, I would I would prefer the receivers. Would like, you I, be shocked if Tampa had a better record than the Falcons this year? No. I think they're like I think they're they all bad be, teams. They could, yeah, I know. <laughs> but they could be a 500 squad. They could be. They still have good pieces on defense and offensively. Of, of course, you're moving on from Tom Brady and Baker and Trask, but Rashad White caught 50 passes last year as a rookie with Leonard Fournette also getting like 50 catches. How much of that is a Brady influence? Sure. Look just look, look at some checkdowns. Look look, look but, at the New England running back pass catchers pre Brady, post Brady. That's yeah, just way higher. Absolutely. Fair point. But but he proved that he can pass protect Brady. He was on the field in very important situations, and I think that's key for a rookie. And the fact that he did catch those passes, like that's very important to me, that he was, as a rookie, he was able to catch 50 passes. I don't care really who it was from. So as a team that may be playing from behind quite a bit this season, I, I think he is a guy that's – I view him, honestly, maybe I'm a little bit bullish. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was in the top 12 in touches this year, overall opportunities. I, I would be. He's going at pick number 67. That's essentially the same range as Madison and Akers. I'd much rather have those. I would much rather have those two as well. Maybe he's jumping up draft boards because he's been an easy fifth, sixth round pick for me um, as RB 27 ish. Yeah. uh, Pick number 66 right now. Yeah. What is that? RB 20. What is Are you still at NFFC? Yeah, I I am. I'm just looking at the overall because I wanted to make the point. Mike Evans is going at 76. (laughs) Just I'll roll the dice on Mike Evans around later than take Rashad White, who might not even be a. Like, if we talk about snap shares, if sure. every week I put out the snap shares and Rashad White was 48%, the lead back, but he was 48%, would that stun you? It uh, seems like yes is the yeah, answer. Yeah, <laughs> it would. It would. It would stun me, yes. I do feel like he's going to live in the 60% range with Fournette gone. I do. As, again, I didn't think that they did a whole lot through for agency in the draft. I'm not worried about Chase Edmonds. Remember Chase Edmonds going RB24 Miami? What did he do? Sure. He didn't touch the field. He wasn't any good. No, but then they ended up bringing in like Jeff Wilson and Mostert, who ended up yeah. doing exactly what I think is going to happen to this Tampa backfield, where they're just going to have a bunch of guys and they're going to run through them all. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Um, uh, White is going at running back twenty-three, so he is moving up to the point where, yeah, he's now he's in that Cam Akers tier where I, w- if I'm picking, I am I'm choosing Cam Akers over him. Rashad White or Javante Williams? You said Javante, Ja-Javante? Javante, yeah. DeAndre Swift or Rashad White? Rashad White. Miles Sanders or Rashad White? Miles Sanders. Okay. Damian Pierce or Rashad White? Damian Pierce. James That's Con- really close. James Conner or Rashad White? I just take Rashad White. That's it. David I, Montgomery. The same. Uh, I might go Montgomery there. James Cook. I'm going to go Rashad White. I feel like that's a very similar situation, but you have one in a high-powered offense and one not. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco. If you, t- I'm worried about the shoulder now all of a sudden. Pacheco I'm really high on. I, I do like Pacheco. And I think because of this shoulder, he's actually turning out to be a really good value. Now, he's not going to catch any passes, of course, because Jarek McKenzie's going to do all that. But he came on really strong in the second half of the season on the brightest stage in the Super Bowl, in the playoffs. And now here, year two, like year one was him as like, oh, a sixth, seventh round running back. You know, you got a, a leapfrog CEH. You got a leapfrog Jarek McKinnon. And at the second half of the season, he was getting all of those touches. Now I view year two, best offense in football, Andy Reid, what he can do to the running backs going to be the goal line back. Um, 
it, I, that's probably I'll take that back. Goal line, Mahomes, and they're going to throw the ball. They S- always do weird things. S- saving Jarek for the playoffs. Saving Jarek for the playoffs. But Pacheco, I think, can be efficient in this offense if you give him twelve to thirteen touches. Pache- Pacheco or Montgomery? I'll go Montgomery. Pacheco or Sanders? Sanders. Pacheco or AJ Dillon? Pacheco. I do think AJ is a decent value too. Yeah, he's going at number twenty-seven right now. James Cook is actually quite interesting because Pacheco is going at running back number twenty-nine. Cook is going at number thirty-one. Camara is going at thirty-two. Yeah, com- I, I, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, he, if he gets suspended for two games, he's the biggest steal in draft. Is he though? He might be. He if he's even, going as RB thirty-two, he, he may be. He wasn't. Yeah, but Taysom Hill, like Taysom Hill, got in the way. We got Derek Carr checkdowns, right? Like, well, all those ones to Jacobs. Well, we'll when, I, when I brought up uh, Rashad White, all the players that I listed off to you, would you rather that are all players being drafted behind, behind Rashad him? Yeah, yeah. So, so you take the. I, I kind of agree with Jake that he's not saying that he's going to be terrible as a bust. Just like where he's going, it's just too high. He's just moving up, I guess, because yeah, at the start, of, you know, even a month ago when I was taking a look at all these running backs as I talk about my strategy, I've been living in between rounds five and eight, and he was a guy that I was taking, you know, almost every time in the sixth, seventh round. So yeah, he's moving up to where maybe he's he's not totally worth it. Ken Walker, yeah, hardly newer, yeah. Everyone's very freaked by uh, Charbonnet. Char- Charbonnet. Yeah, pop a bottle, champagne. I'd be worried. They drafted a running back in the second round the year after they drafted Walker in the second round. But they want to ha- run the ball. They though. do, and you have to remember too, though. The only reason Walker got his shot last year. Because Penny went down. Penny went Penny down. was the lead. Yeah. And Penny was great. He was great. For them. But he gets hurt. Yeah. He might as well be. He's like the actual... Remember Christine Michael? Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's all in every time that he would get a chance. Yeah. Penny is kind of the inverse of that. That no one ever wants Penny. But whenever he plays, he's incredible. If, but if I had to choose between the two and we have to bring in ADP, I got to take Penny over DeAndre Swift because of what we talked about earlier. Uh, Kenneth Walker, DeAndre Swift. Over DeAndre Swift. But I, I wouldn't take Penny over Walker. I, I still think Walker would be the lead, but I am concerned. I, I'm, I'm compl- because he doesn't run any routes and he doesn't catch any passes. Wildly inefficient. And he's not inefficient. Big plays. He's, exactly. And... Charbonnet, again, you draft a guy in the second round, you have plans for him, and Charbonnet kind of profiles more as a as a bell cow back. If anything happened to Walker, Charbonnet would come in and, and be a three-down back where Walker just doesn't have that upside. And we can't guarantee that this guy is the goal line back by week four or five. Oh, yeah. There's Lord just no guarantees at all. I like where you have him ranked. People don't have him ranked that low. They have him like 17, and they're like, ah, bust. Like, that's not a bust. Put him in the late 20s. Are we that, talking about Ken Walker? Ken Walker. That's so, I mean, I, like, I don't know what's you right now as I kind of add everyone up. He's like 15, I think. McCaffrey, Eckler, Pollard, Chubb as a recap here. Barkley, you can just hit the description and find the actual <laughs> rankings. They're not up yet as I'm recording this. That's why I'm putting it next right. week so I can get everything together. Uh, Henry, Taylor, Bijan, Mixon, Stevenson, Jacobs, Hall, Harris, Akers, ETN, Dobbins, Madison, Gibbs, Javante, Aaron Jones. That still seems high for Aaron Jones. Yeah, and what's that, like 21? Or Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Isaiah Pacheco, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, Khalil Herbert, James Conner, 28, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. And yeah. He, he could be great. What are we doing? Like, I really like this. James Conner feels like the poor man's Alexander Madison right now. So I, I was do, I did the athletic mock with Jake, and Jake took James Conner. He's one of the he's a big James Conner guy, but I think I understand what he's doing. He's taking the value. Like nobody wants James Conner. They're going to be the worst team in football. Pick seven. They may win one game, but how many catches did they have last year? Fifty-ish. 
he finished RB10, I believe, uh, last season in fantasy points per game. He missed a bunch of time. I don't want to have a running back on the worst team in football. Fair. Like they're not going to live inside the red zone. He's pretty much off my off my list. But if you can get him in the 10th round, the 9th round, which will happen in your home leagues, he will fall. He will fall. And he will catch passes. And there is nobody behind him. Keontae Ingram, we already saw how that worked out last year. Not very well for him. Go USC. Yeah. So... To look at the Cardinals right now, the way that they're projected out, like he is one of the few running backs that we have projected for more than 50% of the team's snaps, or, yeah. or not even the team snaps, team's carries. Yep. And that's assuming Kyler Murray even comes back in December or something, which is, if they're terrible, he ain't coming back. And because they'll be talking Caleb Williams one yeah. overall. Oh, yeah. They're not, or maybe Clayton Toon will be so good. <laughs> Looney Tunes, just <laughs> vaulting you up the board, taking you out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. <laughs> oh, boy. But like projections have pretty modest projections. Just yeah. have Connor's running back number 21. He's being drafted as, as running like, back 31. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, value. It's, it's that's actual value. value. You take what the draft gives you, and we just talked off the top of the show about volume and opportunity. It's king, especially at the running back position. It's, it's very important. Like, again, Tyler Rozier, Damian Pierce. Like, these guys got all the opportunities on bad football teams, uh, but we're still low on RB2s. So within 10 points, plus or minus, by the projections, here's who James Connor projects around. He's within 10 points of Rashad White, Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Pacheco, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's some decent names there, like Najee and Pacheco. And, and, but that, that's assuming that there's a big warren from something about Mary's yeah. split with yeah. Najee. And if that's not the case, Najee's up with, like, Stevenson and Henry and those guys. Yeah, well, to your point, um, volume, right? He's going to get him. Where's yeah. Jarek McKinnon on your? Jarek McKinnon should be in this. Oh, no. Jarek's getting three touches. He's in bubble wrap until they go <laughs> He's to definitely the not going to get nine receiving touchdowns this year. But I, I am interested in him in, in PPR leagues. I uh, got him at running back 34 by the projections. That's in the same tier as um, like Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, okay. Damian Harris, Brian Robinson, Jalen Warren, yeah. Dobbins, Kenneth Walker. Like the projections hate Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I see that. And. <laughs> I kind of agree with them. Well, there we go. So yeah, I guess if I'm calling someone a bus, it's old Kenny Walker. Like Kenny Walker is the bus. You tell Jake it's Ken Walker. He'll probably agree with you. I don't think he's a big Ken Walker guy. So after that, we're into like DeAndre Swift. Because I, I, I do think that Khalil Herbert's going to be good. And I think he's going to be their lead. I don't know exactly what that entails in terms of fantasy points. Mm-hmm. If Fields rushes for 11 touchdowns, he's fucked. Yeah. But <laughs> James Cook is the one that I wanted to slot in here somewhere. Would you rather have Ken Walker or James Cook? Do you just roll the dice on James Cook? Reports can, say he's a three-down back. Well, he does profile as at least a guy that's going to catch passes, but I don't really view him as a guy that's going to have more than 10 carries a game on average. I, I don't. What if, they bring, team, what if they bring in Delvin Cook? Have the Cook brothers. That's what I told, that's what I told Drew. <laughs> I said they should be after Delvin Cook. Have, are you kidding me? Why did they sign Damian Harris? Like They should release Damian Harris immediately on Cook. But my thing with Buffalo is... Yeah, they're always among the leaders in rushing yards. Josh Allen is running around a lot. Devin Singletary led the team with 170 carries, so you take him away. What's happening? Are you giving 107 carry, 170 carries to Cook, or is or is Damian Harris going to be the goal line back there, the first and second down That's, veteran back there? That's my problem. I, I don't know if he'll be the first and second down back. I can see them like splitting series and it's doing things like that. So, for 100%. example, like um, the projections do have James Cook at running back 14, which is. Pretty lofty. Yeah. But that's on 175 carries. So everyone Singletary pro- works then. Everyone who projects around him, Jonathan Taylor, Jacobs, Hall, Madison, uh, ETN's a little bit lower, Javante's a little bit lower, like in the same tier as him. We're looking at like 267 carries, 261, 239. 
But this is also saying that he's getting 59 targets and 42 receptions and scoring upwards of nine touchdowns, which is that's the hard part. That's, for me to believe. that's one that I don't think like I don't believe he's going to have. I mean, he could, I guess, like, if they commit to him, that'd be five receiving touchdowns. I think more than half of them would be through the air than on the ground. Yeah. Like if he gets nine. Maybe they, they every single year. Paul knows this because he's a Bills fan. Yeah. They, all of the reports are, we need Josh Allen to run less. We need to stop using it at the goal line to take all these hits, which is fine to say until Josh Allen's on the field and just running by himself. You can only <laughs> They're tell not designed somebody, runs. These, yeah, these, exactly. These guys just have it in their blood. I mean, uh, Josh Allen's probably thinking, really, am I going to hand this off to Cook or am I just going to run this in myself? But I really do believe that Harris is going to be a pain in Cook owner's behinds i think he's going to be uh, a guy that gets some goal line work and I, d- I don't know i don't view cook as a guy again like i said i don't think I, if i'm averaging out carries per per game for him i think he's more like eight <laughs> but maybe i'm a little I, I like him a little bit more than you do i don't love him but i think that like if you put cook up next to rashad white i'd just rather have cook because take the of, upside of the better offense take the upside of the better offense and hope that what you project white to be in the bucks offense it's not insane to think that cook could have that job in the bills offense and if he does he's gonna be awesome he would be (laughs) oh i'll give you that white needs to have that role just to be good if cook gets that role or even 80 percent that role he's gonna be really good and there is something to be said about damian harris not being able to stay healthy right he's (laughs) always seems to have a hamstring injury degenerative knee problem (laughs) so it seems to be something right in those cold weather games that he leaves so if if you were to tell me that cook would you say 170 ish touches and 170 ish carries carries. like 45 So that's definitely 15 touches a game. Get him, get a guy 15 that, touches is that a game. Really, is that really how much that comes down to? It'd probably be a little See, bit more 45 than 175 divided by 17. 12, 12 to 13 touches a game. That's not inconceivable. It's not bad. Like if you said 10 a game plus three catches, yeah. we're there. Yeah. Yeah, in a, in a good offense. In a good offense really with good. the potential to score a lot of points, especially if they do scale back. And then you know, Damian Harris you know, leaves on a cart after yeah. two weeks or whatever it might be. Watch it just be some like absolute goober we've never heard of. <laughs> Cook was really efficient last year on those few touches that he had. He was checking a lot of boxes, yards after catch, in between tackles, and graded out really well. If like I talked about it with Aaron Schatz last week, like who really cares that win total wise, fantasy wise, who cares that Naheem Hines is out for the year? But it might actually matter to Cook. Yeah, for the receiving game. If any, if it matters anywhere besides special teams, it matters there. Yeah, hundred percent. I would agree with that. All right, who else do we got here? Like David Montgomery. I like David Montgomery a little bit. I like Jamal Williams. Like, would you rather draft Jamal Williams or Kamara? I think I'd rather take Kamara. Just because? Yeah, just because. I, I feel like this is a bit of a higher ceiling there, but Jamal's going to play a pretty big role there too. Jamal Williams is being drafted as running back 39, pick 110. Kamara is being drafted at running back 31, pick 89. They're both kind of good values. You just have to get it right. Yeah, you do have to get them right. I think, like, Kendra Miller is a guy that's going to take a backseat. I think at the time, maybe the Saints were were thinking maybe the suspension would be pretty long with with Alvin Kamara. And he is a good back, but I think it'll take take some time. Maybe this time next year we're viewing him a little bit differently. But Jamal, the one thing with Jamal is, like, he is a good veteran back. I mean, he can catch. He can fill a, you know, if something happened to Alvin Kamara, like, the suspension is lengthy. Jamal Williams, when he's playing in that backfield, is going to be his. He's going to be pretty valuable behind a good offensive line and a decent offense and get some goal line work there. But I just give me the upside in, in Alvin. Any love for Miami running backs? Not really. Who's the first one you would take? I think I would maybe just take 
A chain, Devon A chain. He's going at he's the highest one being drafted. Yeah, well, that's me I mean, start. it's pick number one. Wilson's the last one. They're both. All three are going very, very late in drafts because I there's would, a lot of uncertainty with. Him. I would say just draft Mostert, man. Anytime Mostert is healthy, they love using him. If San Francisco, Miami, doesn't matter where it is. Yeah, McDaniel came over from San Fran, right? And brought him over and told him he'd have the exact same role that he had in San Fran, and he did. And it's just like that, uh, I think it was two years ago, that we loaded up on Mostert week one against Detroit. Man, on DraftKings, ready to smash. He got hurt like eight plays later. He caught more balls than I thought he would last year. And Jeff Wilson, too. Like When those guys were on the field, they were actually the third option behind the two stud wide receivers. Like There wasn't a tight end that was getting... Well, Miami only Miami really only has three passing plays. They either throw it real deep and hope the receivers yeah. make a play on it. Those yeah. like twelve yard outs yeah. to try to get them both into space in or little dump offs. Yeah, That's they, it. They have a lot of guys in motion moving around, and I like them as a play caller. I really like. I I, I hope Tua can stay healthy. I'd like to see his absolute. I'd like to see his ceiling. And plus. I don't want to see him getting more concussions. Yeah, we, that's a scary scene. So I had this tier after Jamal Williams. Kamara and Williams I had behind Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. at the bottom of that tier. Then I got Rashad Penny, Pirine, Swift, Charbonnet, Elijah Mitchell, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon. Like, Algier you could probably throw into that mix. Is there anyone else that we do need to talk about, you think? I, I don't think. Just, like, maybe these veteran backs. Like, if you're drafting today... Do you take a shot on one of Zeke, Cunt, or Fournette if they're outside round 12? Because that is really where they're going. Once they sign uh, and join teams, they will go higher in drafts. But what we're talking here, redraft, I think you want to wait as late as possible to draft. And at that time, they will have teams that they'll be on. But I what do you think if Zeke went to... I don't want Zeke. I don't want Zeke either, but what if he went back to Dallas or what if he went to the Chargers? Zeke only hurts whoever the starter is, wherever he goes. I don't know if he has any standalone value because I do not think that any team will give him the benefit of the doubt like the Cowboys did the the past five years. Like, oh, Zeke, you're our goal line back. Zeke stinks. He's lost a, he's a, lost a lot a, of lost, giddy up in his yeah, step. Yeah, not, really not quite has. as fast as he used to be. And when you don't have a team spoon-feeding him touchdowns right. and like high-leverage situations, then I just don't know how useful he's going to be. The one would be, like, is Kareem Hunt going to go anywhere? Or is he just cooked? I feel like he's got some. I feel like I would rather have him than Fournette. Me too. Like if Damian Williams team. is still around too. Yeah. I saw he was working out with Arizona. Oh, interesting. So uh, of like the backup guys... Like, is James Robinson the backup to Barkley? Is that who we're going with? Yeah. Like, is that Sounds worth like a draft it. pick? I don't think so. Chuba Hubbard? Chuba Hubbard may be worth a draft pick because Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders, when he, in his rookie season, caught 50 passes, but it's been a decline in each year, and he was so piss poor through the passing game a couple years ago that they drafted Kenneth Gainwell and they've kept Boston Scott on these rosters. I think Miles Sanders is going to be leaned on quite a bit. He's been an efficient running back over the course of his career, but he's leaving the best rushing team in football and the best offensive line in football and going to a team with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of other misfits there on see, the squad. See, that, that's the problem with Chuba Hubbard for me, that even if Miles Sanders gets hurt and you project him to be the number one receiver running back like he was until yeah. everyone else on Carolina stole his job last year, yeah. how good is he even then? Like, not, I'd, not I, I'd honestly rather have Algier. Me too, because he's more of a home run, right? To your point. Yeah. We already know what he can and do. And we know he that the Falcons are going to run. Yeah, you can get a thousand yards, and it's a good offensive line. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the that's it. I mean, Tajay Spears late potentially Need to replace Derrick Henry. If, um, I mean, Tank Bigsby, a Jerome Ford late. Even though I believe in Nick Chubb, what if Chubb gets hurt? A Jerome Ford. Yeah. You know, you kind of want the next man up sort of deal. Um, that that's that's really it. I don't have any shares of Elijah Mitchell. It, the Miami conversation was interesting. It was good to bring up because it, it it's a very cheap at the moment, but. It just feels like, like, like that. That is going to be a situation where every week on DraftKings you look at it, and all Who's the like, cheapest, and all three of them are going to be like forty six hundred dollars. Good you're luck. Like, one of these guys is going to be good. Good luck. Which one's it going to be? Luck. And you're just clicking their names, and like, wh- whichever one you quick click, quick, whichever yeah. one you quick yeah. is going to score four. And they're points. all quick. Uh, Jeff likes a chain. He thinks that he's another guy that could be a league winner and he talked about in but, one but, of an articles that he wrote about the health of Mostert and Wilson which kind of have yeah, to play not great. some factor and he's now a part of the zoom room yeah he is they can all zoom man but this he but he's he's being drafted where he should is the difference so aching going at pick 42 at running back i think that's fair yeah for an unknown role in the offense pick number 116 that could be a home run pick but now we're looking at a situation where you can get Mostert at undrafted yeah who might be the lead back yeah and jeff really wilson at undrafted they're both good values maybe you can pick and choose one of them one of the other in a couple leagues you take them as flyers there's one backfield we didn't talk about was is washington's antonio gibson and brian robinson you care about either of those guys i do but i don't know which one to care about so i have mitchell behind like charbonnet i'm sorry gibson behind elijah mitchell and in front of aj Dillon. and then i have where's you had robinson i think in a respectable tier Robinson, With the Rashad White to the world. That's Bijan Robinson, Brian, Brian Robinson. Let's see. I actually didn't even have him in as of yet. Because oh, well, let's get him in. I, I think had, he's I a had, decent value. In fairness, I had Bijan as him twice. Okay, <laughs> I, I must have did a search and replace of names. So where does he go? I think he's be- um, before or after Antonio Gibson, who's you know the new JD McKissick. So, apparently, so that's the thing, right? Like Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver in college, and they tried to make him a running back, and he wasn't good at being a running back. But I don't understand how you can be a receiver in college. They make you a running back, yet they never, they, they never pass the you the ball. ball. They never, and now they're like, ah, oh, we'll throw because Ron Rivera was just all over him last year, right? Just took shots at him. I thought like he unnecessary shots. He was playing special teams. He would talk about how he's not. He wants him to be a north-south runner and not an east-west guy. But now, to your point, McKissick. McKissick had, has gotten a lot of work over the years in that backfield one catching of, passes. One of my favorites. You yeah, punt, one of you your punt, boys. Right? You punt running back. You just draft JD. You draft McKissick. JD McKissick. You get you ten points a week. And I kind of feel like Gibson may play that role okay. as as a guy in 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 Brian Robinson who should be. The first and second down. They want to play at a slow pace. Remember how they beat the Eagles? They just ran, ran, ran. They ran, and then they made themselves get in manageable situations third and five and maybe throw the ball. So run with Brian Robinson. But in games that they are behind, and it's still going to be a brutal team, this is Sam Howell's quarterback, 14 since Kirk Cousins left in 2017. Uh, one of Jake Seeley's boom players he for the year. loves Sam, Sam Howell. Howell. <sighs> okay. <laughs> We'll see Jacoby Brissett will be quarterback 15. Uh, we'll see him at some point. But Gibson will catch some passes where I think he could get 40 catches, and that's pretty valuable in a PPR league. For Brian sure. Robinson won't catch. He, he's a valuable a bench piece to have. Yeah. Because even if Robinson gets hurt, I don't think it's the Antonio Gibson show. It won't be. No, it'll, it'll be, be someone else. Some so what in. happens with Robinson? So would you, again, I, back I, to the question, Robinson or Gibson? I think I would lean um, Robinson, but they're in the same tier. It, it's weird to, th- to say, but they are. They're, they're in the same tier as Robinson. Is, the goal line back there. Is like think. A f- 
I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think so too, but definitely we, not. We could be wrong. We could be, but I think Robinson did some really good things last year. He got shot in the leg. He did get shot in the leg. People, people forget well. these things. Played pretty well. Couldn't even win comeback player of the year. It, oh, come on. So I, I think that they'll be very similar. I think they belong in the same tier. One guy's going to catch passes. One guy's going to get some short yardage, all the short yardage work and, and goal line opportunities. So currently, he is being drafted behind Antonio Gibson by two spots. By two spots. They're running back 32 and running back number 34. Robinson's going one pick behind A.J. Dillon and just ahead of P. Ryan, Penny, Charbonnet, Khalil Herbert, Jamal Williams, Jarek McKinnon. I'd rather have all those guys. Yeah, same. All those guys, too. I think it's as simple as if you're in a half-point setting, you lean Brian, and if you're in a full-point PPR, lean Antonio Gibson. I really believe it's that simple. I I think that I'll just chuck him in right there. I think that makes the most sense for me. So that bottom that tier goes Penny, P. Ryan, Swift, Charbonnet, Mitchell, Dylan, Robinson, Gibson, Jalen Warren, don't touch his baseball, and Raheem (laughs) Moster. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. And then like Algier, Damian Harris, and I think that's that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Dylan kind of reminds me of Brian Robinson, right? Guys that aren't going to catch some passes, they'll get some carries. You hope the offense isn't atrocious. Would you take Jarek or Gibson? I would take Jarek. Yeah. Jarek or Robinson? I would take Jarek. Yeah, I think so too. I'm big on – again – you're going to have some spike weeks. It's the Chiefs after all. Yeah, this isn't a starting running back on your no. fantasy team. This is a a guy that if he's your RB4 in a PPR league and somebody you can put in as your flex guy. Good, good in a pinch. You're, yeah. You, you need your good in a pinch guy. Good good you offense. Need, you need your Marco Scudero of your fantasy <laughs> team. Just throw him <laughs> yeah, in wherever. Nice, nice throw back there. Yeah, it's just yeah, a bye week replacement. He's going to have his spike weeks. There were a lot of times last year where he was second behind Kelsey in targets and catches and receiving yards. There were multiple games he last year. He might be their best actual like wide receiver. Yes. Like, oh, Sky Moore is so good. Tony is so good. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not good. Tony's been the easy, easiest fade, and now he's He's hurt. now dropping, though. Yeah, of course. He's not going to be ready for week one. <laughs> right? He's already hurt. The first practice that the Chiefs had, he got hurt. And he was going as wide receiver 36, Pat. No, 36. That, 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 that's impossible. I don't believe that for a second. No yeah. one would do that. No I, one would do that. I wouldn't do it. All right. Check out the rankings on DraftKingsNetwork.com, or you can just find them down in the description of this podcast and video. Sub to the video. Sub to the podcast. That always helps us out. Leave a nice rating and review. You want to leave a bad one? You can go fuck yourself. But you want to leave a good one? We're all here for it. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. All right. Smash the like on the way out. And I will see you soon with Wide Receiver Rankings. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com